says, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Said, Regarding Lulu. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble with my uh, screen here for a second. Okay. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. All right, you're back. I always have trouble when I try to get to the uh, uh, audio. Do it live! Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! Jeez, Greg. I mean, all right. Thing sucks. Wow. Well, I mean, okay. You Technical know, difficulties in, are one thing, Greg. I mean, I'm, huh? I'm in a bad mood. Give it's me a family a show, okay. dude. All right, let's just start just, the show. Hi. Just do it. Let's wow. just do it live. All right, Lubation, Lube Nation. Wow. I need. I need. Thrown off. I am just freaked out. My God. Welcome to Regarding <laughs> Lulu, episode nine, everybody. You know- no, that was not me. That was Bill Jeez, O'Reilly. Greg, have it, Wolfie Wolf having a meltdown. That Start was Bill O'Reilly's famous meltdown. Good. What's that? Uh, very oh, that amusing. Was... Very amusing. Jeez. Well, that's the audio thing here. He sounds but, just uh, like you. That's wait, amazing. You know, Chaz, we've all had days like that. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> had a, a Bill O'Reilly but, meltdown day. But <laughs> but not all of us have it captured on film and, and uh, get 10 million plays on YouTube. Well, we're doing it live, whether you like it or not. Yeah, right? we always we're do here. it live. We always Welcome. do it live. One take, right? That's our one motto. take. This is what this is all about. In the spirit of Lou Reed and in the, the spirit, spirit of, of Bill Lou O'Reilly, Reed. fuck it. Welcome to regarding <laughs> Lulu. Don't we're do give it a live. shit what you think. <laughs> we're doing it live. This is <laughs> one regarding take. Lulu, the only fucking podcast on the Deep Dive Network that is stupid enough to be going through the fucking album, Lulu track by fucking track all right you got to calm down chaz you got to take <laughs> just, it you got to take it down you got to take it down yeah, a notch right. wait 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 wait. all right let me have some of my tea <laughs> calm down so, you need some lubations you know i do i need to relax all right too much coffee too much coffee yeah. uh, we are the only podcast though on the deep dive network to dive into and listen to the entire album lulu by lou reed and metallica this album was recorded in 2011 when it came out. A lot of people thought it was really, really bad um, to the extent that, I mean, including I was yours truly, Chaz Charles. Chaz Charles, co host, along with my co host. I've introduced you several times, but let's do yep. it one more time officially. Co host, Greg, Greg Wolfie Wolf. There he is. So we're here to take you through this album, this bloody album, track by track. So as Wolfie was just saying, yep, the album came out. I was among that crowd that said wow what a piece of shit and i threw it away didn't give it another thought for 12 11 12 years however long it's been wolfie's never heard it but we've all decided to come back around um in the meantime you know come back around and listen to it with a fresh set of ears because we heard along the way just recently that david bowie had approached laurie anderson who is lou reed's widow uh, right after lou died and said hey you know what people are really gonna look back 25 years from now and say this album, Lulu, that Lou did with Metallica, going to be seen as his masterpiece. So when we heard that, we said, geez, wow. We didn't give the thing a chance, but we love David Bowie, really respect him, and we want to maybe go back and give this thing a fair shake. As fans, uh, as me, being a fan of Metallica, that's what kind of struck me. was That's that the I really entire premise a- of the, of the really podcast, in a nutshell. The whole thing. And But I went back to listen to it, and I brought my sucker fr- I mean, my friend, Greg, Wolfie Wolf along the way. Well, that's o- that's only because nobody else would do it with you. That's so. right. There were several people approached, and they will remain smarter than I. Now. And they yeah. made a, they that's made the, it. The, 
very smart and 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 good decision to um, take a pass on it's this uh, podcast. You know, it was one of those reverse pyramids. And when I went through the, you know, the selection process mm-hmm. to get to the co-host and yes, I think so it was meant to be. I do think that that it distilled and it came out and this has just been a perfect exploration, Greg, because wow, what the hell? I think we're still walking the line to say that we didn't didn't know that wow there was going to be all this publicity about um all this talk in the press about lulu um from laurie anderson we, we definitely Lawrence. didn't know that no or or, or Lars ulrich or, or kirk hammett or or rob know, trujillo no, or even james hetfield all talking in the press being quoted and, and you know and honestly i still don't even know if this is all legit or if it's just you know some kind of freaking algorithm serving up shit in my facebook feed and my twitter feed to make it appear as if all this stuff is really current and relevant. But it does seem like a lot of people have been talking about Lulu that haven't been talking about it in like 11 or 12 years. So here we are. We have here gone we through, what, friggin' eight tracks at this point? Are we up to track nine this week? We are. We're on track nine, up yeah. To track We're nine. exhausted. We, oh, shit. I've been so We've been through the ringer. Well, and well, as we just saw there, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I want to stop. And I want to pause because this is um, regarding Lulu, uh, regarding Lulu's uh, Wellness Month. So we're celebrating National Wellness Month at regarding Lulu because I got to pause. You really that was a friggin' meltdown there as we were starting the soft opener. I just that was like a mental health breakdown. Good Lord, Craig. I mean, all right. So yeah. it's getting to you, right? So we've gone through this. Oh, all right. That wasn't you. Okay. That, no, that was Bill. Right, I was still a little confused. I. Like I said, I've had days like that. I'm, I'm sure but I'm you have too. Traumatic after that. Luckily for me, the the cameras were not rolling. It wasn't well, posted to YouTube, and it did not get fifteen hundred and fifty billion plays. Yeah, but it got one view right here, and I've been impacted by this. I want to talk about how I feel okay. about that. I'm really me, disturbed how, and upset. I got to calm down. All right, all right. I think I'm good. All right, so enough about okay. me. We've gone through, and I think you were saying it's it's been a journey. We've had to work at this, and we've now heard uh, through and read right through several places that you know the artists themselves knew that this thing was going to be work for the fans to you know really get into and and and. But and to have your to, point, Chaz, they didn't really put that out up front. When not up front, they didn't say that. No, they didn't say this is going to be a real challenge, and this right. is a real. Su- tough piece to get through but we're going to put it out there they just put it out there right and 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 as we've come to learn there are uh complexities uh with regard to um you know what was going on in lou reed's life at the time um he was very sick he was you know uh in fact terminal and um fighting it and uh so we've had a question for a while now whether or not the band knew uh, if he was sick. And Greg, as as you know, um, as we've just kind of alluded to here, there's been a lot of chatter in the press by some key players that were around while Lulu was being recorded. And I think now we can kind of sniff out a couple of answers. And this is why, again, starting the, the show again this week, it's why you, you threw me so off my game with your little tantrum there, because I'm again, just illubilated, illuminated. You're illubulent alubulent over the the disclosures and the things that we're finding out um, about what was going on with all, everybody uh, concerned with the recording during that period of time. So one of our first questions was, do we think that the band knew he was sick when it was going on? I think the answer is no. I think, no, nobody really knew he was sick. 
That's at mm-hmm. least what I'm seeing in everything yep. that I read. How okay. That's good info. Fair enough, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we had another question and it was, uh, you know, how long did it take to record? Um, so this interview, we, we uh, in in this uh, ensuing period here, that between when we started our podcast, which I think was back in January or February, and where we are now, um, there's been a, an interview published in Interview Magazine, uh, Andy Warhol's Interview Magazine, and the, the uh, no small coincidence that Andy Warhol was the guy who launched Lou Reed's career in the 1960s in New York. Um, but anyway, an interview uh, interview between Laurie Anderson and Lars Ulrich, and um, they're reminiscing. And in fact, what we found out was that, no, it was recorded in about two or three weeks, like we thought, Greg. So yeah. the production of two or three months was really just the the kind of, you know, putting the, the pieces together. But uh, as we read in, in interviews and in the book, um, Lou Reed was very much a one and done guy when it came to recording this album. So um, what we've been hearing, it was really interesting in this interview, um, you know, I, I think I, I took a couple things away. Now, I know you've read it as well. And so I was really interested yeah. to kind of get your takeaway on on what you felt like uh, we learned there with Lars and Lori. There was a lot unpacked. And I think, you know, in terms of the questions we've had regarding the band's headspace, regarding what they knew, what they didn't, um, some other things. I think we learned a lot. So uh, where are you at, Greg, in terms of... Uh, how uh, and I think it confirmed a lot, too, of... of- what we were feeling um, about the the recording and all that yeah. stuff, but they definitely, you know, it, it was a very sort of one take situation, which yep. I think surprised the guys in Metallica because they weren't used to that and weren't expecting that. It's not the way they would work, but Laurie Anderson sort of confirmed, Oh yeah, that's Lou. He just, he's like a one take guy, you know, he just doesn't, you know, doesn't mess around. Just, just do it. Get in, get out, and and he, he, that's it. Sh- that's ship right. it out. That's right. And so um, we learned too that it was recorded in in San Francisco at Metallica's headquarters. So, but that that Lou was very much in command of the whole situation. And yeah, I think you're right. That the story actually quotes and says that. You know, Lars, like when their their first day, they they uh, were totally unprepared for the way Lou was approaching things. And uh, but they had been somewhat prepared. We did learn that Lou had sent uh, after they had kind of met initially and done the work that they had done to to play. Um, uh, I think it was what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony, or they did something in New York, and that's where they yeah all some met. sort of a, a anniversary uh, celebration. Yeah, some records. So and... yeah, they played with Ozzy and with yeah. somebody else. And so it was like they they did. So this they had thing. and Lou. So they played with Lou and Ozzy and some other people. And, yeah. yeah, they did this thing. That's how they met. They decided to work together after having a good experience working out what that was. And Although I think they initially didn't have a good, I think, isn't that what it said in the article is, yes. is that Lou was like really difficult and he's bossing everybody around and he's like, you right. know, giving everybody a hard time. And Well, Lars is saying he liked that. He dug it because nobody ever does that to them. So he was yeah. like, yeah, what is this doing over here? Why are we playing so loud? And what the yeah. fuck? He, that's right. He walked in and Metallica <laughs> had like, right. you know, 8 million amplifiers right, and, right. and Lou's like, you know, what is all this stuff in here for? Right. And 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 why is it so loud? Right, right. So then they just start fucking around and then they're like, okay, that's good. Let's work that out. He's like, no, we're fucking done. That we're moving on. We're not doing that one again. <laughs> and they're like, whoa. So what we learned was that they got cautious 
and they got better. So what we've really been hearing, Greg, I think is what's been going on. And I don't know, it, it'd be really interesting to understand like the track order of things and how they were recorded. Cause mm. I'm just wondering if it wasn't a linear recording experience. And so the reason it's gotten better over the last few tracks is because they finally had like anticipated. The Metallica guys kind of caught up. Well, they had a pregame and they, they got prepared to go in. Cause I'm, I, cause I was reading that, you know, Oh, once they figured it out, they were liberated. They had a lot of fun. And that's where all the, the weird ambient uh, music was coming from, the noises. Um, but the more kind of polished improv, uh, you know, was kind of happening as as we've heard in these later tracks. And right. so, yeah. And, and, um, and they started getting clued in probably that we better play it good because he's going right, to put this on this the record. It. Right. If it's, if it's, if it's good, he'll put it on the record. If it's bad, he'll put it on the record. Whatever imagine? we do, so let's make it good. Right? Could you imagine being their AR or, you know, their their folks, like their reps and being like run around being like, fuck, this has to be a Lou, right? This has to be a Lou Reed record. This Metallica's name, just like liner notes at this point, you know? Yeah. Fuck, carry it. You know? Hopefully no one will recognize it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, who knows? Who knows? I mean, they're playing the brave face because they're artists, of course. And so here's what we learned. We learned that Lou had actually sent them lyrics up front. And basically, it sounds like he sent them the whole thing and they totally got it. They embraced it. They were excited about it. But then when they got there, he totally fucked them up by not giving them any chance to prepare the music. You just play and that's it. Right. Do it live. Fuck it. And then two, so, and then what, what this has kind of led me to, Greg, is kind of was looking back in the uh, book as well, right? Because I, I did go through, and I got to admit, I haven't finished the book end to end yet, but I have read the parts with the Lars. The straight and line. Yeah, I haven't read it in a straight line, no. <laughs> the Art of the Straight Line, uh, my Tai Chi, <laughs> I have not read that in a straight line. Um, but you I have read, read it book the, the Lou Reed book that that Laurie Anderson year. edited and put out and um is you know it's got it's Lou Reed's meditations um it's really kind of um you know at the end of the day he really wanted it to be a how-to book on how to integrate you know tai chi into your life really make it a, a handbook um but as well um and this was interesting and this was like in one of these interviews that we read that I think it was the interview magazine interview that Laurie was basically saying that he didn't want to do, he knew he was sick. He didn't want to do an autobiography. He was working on this book. Right. And the book was meant to be kind of this living gift or like, you know, this thing that he wanted to give, you know, people. Right. So he was really at the end of the day, always share his love of Tai Chi. Right. He really loved Tai Chi. And that's why she was still just so shocked at what was coming out of him with Metallica when they recorded Lulu because of where he was at with this inner peace and with his, his balance and with his life and with his battle, right. And with what he was doing. And she was still, and she says in the interview still to this day, she's still really not sure of what all that was other than a, and as the guys in Metallica were saying, when they read this you know, transcript of this manuscript, that it was a lifetime of anger, a lifetime of pain and context of being shit on of being passed over, you know, of all the things that he kind of, as I'm kind of, you know, as we've seen, right. Kind of drawing comparisons to this Lulu character, but doing it under the guise of this horrible prostitution and feeling like, you know, so you got to draw these other things into where Reed was making connections. Right. Um, so, I, I think it's interesting in the article. I don't know if you had this takeaway that, that um, they don't really talk at all about 
the Lulu plays, mm-hmm. um, Laurie Anderson and, and oh. um, Ulrich. Um, what's his first name? The Lars. drummer? Lars, yeah. yeah. Um, they don't, they, the two of them don't seem to, to touch on that at all. And, and we've been very focused on that. And I wonder if we've been, it made me think, I wonder if you and I have been too focused on the Lulu plays and and um are are sort of forcing interpretations on this thing that aren't really that intentional uh and we're just reading into it because what i took away from laurie anderson was that she felt that there was just a lot of 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 pain and anger and darkness and all this psychological stuff and family and all this stuff yes direct tied into his family of origin Right in his lyrics, uh, and and you know, obviously, you know, it is connected to to the Lulu plays, but maybe not uh, as as literally as we're trying to make the connections, you know. And and I I was struck with the same thing, Greg, because there was um, there was one of the songs where there's a line in it that says, I am your mirror, I'm your mirror, and I forget which song that was, and we did go through it. Um, it was uh, in it buried in one of those things, but she brought that out in the uh, article or in the in the interview, and she was saying that that was a reference to his Tai Chi practice and him using Tai Chi as a mirror of his of his of of, of himself, and that he used Tai Chi to keep his body um, healthy, right? And that was like he was using it as a mirror, and so like that was a direct Tai Chi reference. So. I'm right there with you, dude. I was like, oh, shit. Have we been putting too much into the literal ties? I don't think so. I think he was doing all of it, Greg, because, you know, there have been so many direct, you know, lifts right out of the play. And I think what he was really doing was tying to, as Lars has said, the visceral emotions in the Lulu play itself. Like what Wiedekind was drawing out of that character and throwing up on the stage for everybody that's what I think Reed was connecting to as much of the story of feeling like a prostitute. And then I'm wondering, does he feel like a soulless kind of murderer himself in some kind of way as an artist? Right. And that's where I started like, okay, I got to stop because I was going down a rabbit hole with the thinking, yeah. but, but I think I'm, I'm right there with you that it's maybe a we little need to be more cautious. abstract or there, there's a bigger abstract dimension to this yeah. than all this literal tie-in that we've been doing to the play itself. Maybe when we've we've finished our our process and we've gone through all 10 tracks, we can we can look at it with a sort of a, a, a come up to 10,000 feet and take a holistic look at this thing and 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 maybe have a, a, a another uh swing at it in terms of of the connections between the Lulu plays and the other elements that, that are, that Lou's bringing to this. Yeah, perhaps. Wow. We've Is gotten it, really serious. There's, there's, there's a lot going on. And, and it was, I was one of the, the thing in the, in the article that, that, that I liked hearing that I felt was a little bit affirming to, to us maybe in, in terms of what we've experienced. And I think it was Laurie Anderson just saying, you know, yeah, this thing is, you you got to be don't go don't take this lightly don't go into it lightly right, you got to right. be prepared yes. you got to be prepared that that you're gonna you know this is gonna take some effort on the listener's part to uh, to um, you know really go through this and 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 you know that I, certainly she's she's of the opinion 
uh, like like um, Bowie that that is, is a very you know this is really good stuff that that Lou and Metallica did and and uh, that it's worth putting in that effort but but she definitely says oh this is not for the faint of heart you know you right. got to be willing to to put to pay your dues if you want to want to um really um understand this album so and, and that was gratifying because i think it's we certainly have have struggled with it. it we felt like it's hard and 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 it's good to hear that yeah it's hard right you know, and that from, was from, from laurie Absolutely. Straight up. Well, and the band themselves. Right. So they knew yeah, right from um, the horse's mouth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. From the Lars's so mouth. We, we have unpacked it. We've been right there all along the way. I mean, that has been our journey. So we have affirmed all that. And uh, as a question for you is in the in the Metallica uh, enterprises, is Lars sort of the the spokesman? Does he come out front and talk for the band a lot? Uh, in he terms does. Of the, the you know, like the face not so much on stage but he's behind the drums but yeah. but uh when, to the media yes so james and james hetfield uh you know the, the guy who's been singing and playing uh, some of the guitars and uh lars uh, lars Ulrich are considered the leaders of metallica certainly uh they are the principal songwriters um kirk uh, uh you know founding member been there all well okay time out dave mustaine was in the freaking band before kirk hammett but give me a break Kirk, uh, there from the very beginning. Um, Rob Trujillo, the bass player, is the only guy who's uh, new, and I think he's, what, 12, 15 years in the band now, right? So they've gone through bass players after Cliff Burton, their original bass player, died in a horrible uh, tour accident. A tour bus flipped, and he fell out the window, uh, died uh, very early in their career, um, Didn't know, and he was a principal in the band. So anyway, uh, long story short, Greg, Yes, mm. Lars. Always oh, so that's front, the, in outspoken. other words, this is is not uh, unusual that that no. he's talking about uh, Lou Reed and and the Lulu album and all that stuff with nope. Laurie Anderson and and so forth. That would no, be expected. Not. That would be expected. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it sounds like you know, in terms of uh, too, what I was reading in that and that article. Yeah, he's out there and he's the one speaking today. But they've all been very vocal lately, just because they have a new record out and they're all you know, um, featured players in this record, you know, Metallica has matured and done things differently. Whereas, I mean, even in their songwriting process, they've got on this new record, 72 seasons, it's out now by Metallica and they're out supporting that on a world tour. Uh, but they've got a different approach in that album and in their songwriting, um, which, you know, probably as we've kind of learned through some recent interviews, uh, Lou had a big impact on their creative approach. Um, so, yeah, now they've got songs where Kirk and um, Rob were key contributors on the album, whereas before it's always been, you know, James and Lars uh, writing everything. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, some maturity and some change in the band. Um, yeah, over that's what time. I was. Uh, and, and have you spent some time with the, the new album? I yeah. have. I have. Do you do you feel like uh, you know now that you're you're more of a a, a Lou Reed aficionado now that you're a, a Lulu, uh, someone who's spent time with that album and 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 read and researched and and the, and the Lou Reed book and all this stuff? Do you feel like you can hear uh, influences uh, that that you say you know what I bet that I'm hearing I'm hearing some Lou Reed's uh, impact on these guys. I do. It's in the phrasing and in some of the word choices or, yeah, I mean, just the way James is approaching the 
songwriting and I think too with some of the sonic breaks and the way the as we've heard you know songs with many parts now Metallica has always been known for that where they've you know many different time changes many different um tonal you know layers through their music right um like, parts you know, softer parts exactly yeah you know down, where they'll throttle it, it you know right right um and uh but you know, as we've heard on the the Lou, uh, Lulu Lulu <laughs> Lulu record Lulu uh, Lulu, uh, there there um, I'm hearing elements of surprise uh, with regard to the way those uh, old devices get employed on the new record. Yeah, so it's very much like in the the vein of classic Metallica, but it's a mature, more complex. Uh, style of heavy metal and they, they, you know, kind of always been known for that. So the fact that there's still, you can hear uh, an influence like this. Yes. So to your, to your question, yes, I can hear the influence and it's in those things. It's in the, I, I, I couldn't imagine that, that a band could work with someone like Lou Reed for a few weeks or a couple months and, and the, and the lyrics that we're seeing that Lou put yeah. together for this project yeah. And and the way he works and not just come away with a lot of impact on what they do. Well, and got to open your eyes to, you know, a, a totally different thing than what what, you know, the directions that you've gone in the past and the influences that you've had in the past. And to see see up close and personal the way the great Lou Reed, not that Metallica is not great. They are as well. But the, the great Lou Reed, you know, does his craft. And that makes his music and thinks about songs and recording and, and lyric writing and, you know, performing and all the different things that that they saw up, up close and personal day after day in the studio and and, um, you know, for, for the time that they were together. It would leave a stain on my brain having to work with that. You, know you, you I mean? wouldn't be able to unsee that. Ooh. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> You wouldn't be able to unlive that life, man. Oh God! And you know, because because you're you're talking about you know, yes, the great Lou Reed, right now. That's a very we uh, can refer to him as the great Lou Reed. It's right? art and it's subjective, Greg. So as I was doing some uh, other homework uh, this week, I came across a list of the fifty uh, genuinely terrible albums by great artists um, on RollingStone.com. And um, guess guess what artist? Uh, well, first of all, I was searching Lou Reed. I was searching Metallica, and that's mm. how that list came up. So I figured, oh, naturally, Lou Lulu's on this list. Yeah. Well, guess what? Lou Lulu wasn't on the list, Greg. Uh, but, well done, but Rolling Stone. Represented. <laughs> well done. Yes. Well, I'm glad so, the guys at Rolling Stone decided to maybe not put it on the list. I don't know why, and I really want to find out because, as I said, both artists were featured on the list. And um, guess who? Uh, I okay. So, all right, let me let me just get this one right out of the way. I'm not a big fan of Rolling Stone magazine anymore at all. Okay, grew up with it; it was wonderful. But what it has become, not since Hunter Thompson's been gone. Oh God, it is nothing what it was. Okay, so let's just leave it at that. But. <laughs> let's take this list for what it is. One guy who writes a story and sells it to Rolling Stone and they put it out. So let's focus on the story. All right. So 
my number one problem with Rolling Stone. Kanye West, number one on the list of 50 genuinely bad albums by good artists. So I don't think he's a good artist, number one. Fuck Kanye, okay, is my opinion. Well, he's uh, not, maybe not a good human Yee, being. I'm happy to report that Yee was the number one worst piece of shit, according to uh, Rolling Stone. And for that, I applaud them. Fuck Kanye West. So getting that out of the way, mm. I think... Well, Tell us how you really feel, Chaz. Okay. You want to well, do it live? Fuck Kanye West. Let's do it live. Fuck it. So, on this list, 50 worst albums. So, coming in at number two now, which will new, now be our new number one, okay? Uh, the album Squeeze. You ever heard this album Squeeze? By who? By a band called The Velvet Underground. <laughs> it was released oh. in 1973. Okay. Uh, coming in at number uh, 18, an album called Mistrial. You ever heard this album? No. Okay, that's by a guy, uh, Lou Reed, released in 1986. Um, I, I could go on. Uh, coming in at number 43, St. Anger by Metallica. There you go. Uh, but you know what? A number of other artists that we have spoken of on this podcast. So Bob Dylan. Um, John Lennon, Yoko Ono in the top 10. So Bob Dylan, John Lennon, Yoko Ono in the top five. Okay. So we've not been far off. Um, who else have we yeah. mentioned that makes the top 10? Uh, we have spoken of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young <laughs> a couple times. And, uh, we, well, we've not spoken of, um, Creedence Clearwater Revival, um, or Kanye West, okay. but I'm happy to report that in the, uh, the others in the top, uh, five, we have spoken of, and I think it was just the last show where I was talking about how Yes had put out some pretty unlistenable shit over the course of their career. So their album Union in uh, 91, I think is what I was thinking of. Uh, that that, that kind of came in at number three. So that's the new number two. If we get rid of Kanye because Kanye does not rock and fuck Kanye, mm. um, I would say, yeah, Lou Reed, Velvet Underground coming in at number one, followed by Yes, Bob Dylan. Uh, and so, and John Lennon, Yoko Ono. So buddy, we have been right there. So in terms of finding content for the, the podcast to live on, I got a list of 50 really piece of shit albums that we could just, you know, but I mean, together with, is, is that what we're about? I don't know, man. The doors, Van Morrison, queen. I mean, there's some names think, on this list, dude. Beach boys. I think Neil we're young. I mean, I think we're about albums that are, misunderstood correctly you know given that that sort of oh uh, okay well lulu wasn't even on the list rightly so i mean it's not i i wouldn't put it on a list of bad albums okay wait newsflash another regarding lulu exclusive greg wolf makes the statement what did you just say i wouldn't say it's a terrible album holy shit Oh, so at at track eight, you have declared it is not a piece of shit. Yes, correct. Wow. Okay, but you're not there yet to say that uh, you agree with David Bowie. And maybe we should address this, Chaz, because because we you've often said uh, as to to sort of give the 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 intro into what we're doing here that we're trying to decide if this album is a piece of shit or as David <laughs> Bowie describes it, a masterpiece, right? 
There's right. a lot of territory between piece of shit and masterpiece. You think so? That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, guess what? I'm not. Here's, I didn't. The newsflash today isn't calling it a masterpiece. It's just not a piece of shit. It's just not a piece of shit. Well, guess what? Here's one of those tracks where they were lubricated, liberated, lubricated. Track nine. This is a long one. Right into it. Listen to this noise. You don't actually care. You don't actually care. You don't actually care. Love for you is no beginning. You're not really there. Hallucination. I thought you were listening. Hallucination. I thought you were listening. Hallucination. I understand you think you're above it. You look like you want to say something. I understand. I thought you were listening, Greg. You want to say something? <laughs> um, I was listening. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you were listening. I thought you were listening. I, it wasn't an hallucination, right? I thought you, you were know, it, it for me, because we've spent so much time listening and talking about these, you know, and every minute of these tracks <sighs> that it's, it is, it is fun. You know, every time a track starts and we have no idea what we're going to get. Right. And it could, you know, with, with Lou Reed and Metallica, like it could be anything. Right. Right. It can be anything. You know, it can be drones and and reverse looped effects and 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 bagpipes and bees buzzing and all kinds of sonic Ebo effects or whatever it is. Right. It could be all kinds of we never know. The intros often have a lot of these. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just was kind of smiling to myself because yes. we never know what we're going to get. Never know where this and, go. and you know. So, you know, it's, it's pretty, I'm just now, now I feel like Lou, you know, where he was at and like, we're with him now. I feel like we're with him. Like, and when he starts oh, doing his yeah. thing, it's like, we're there in the studio and, and Lou is like, yeah, give it to us, baby. Like, what are you, what are you, what are you up to today? What are you, where are you, you know? going to take it today? Well, you know what? So, right. And then they kind of say that like in the, in the uh, story, Lars was like, they didn't know where it was going to go from day to day. Right. So it was yeah, very yeah. like, you know, where's this, what's going to happen? You know, what I thought was really interesting was that um, what I took from the article was that, or maybe this was the book, but it does seem like he definitely in the time that they spent together, like you said earlier, right. You can't come away from having an intense experience like this with an artist of the caliber of a Lou Reed, or let's say of the intensity of a Lou Reed and not, you know, be left with what I said was like a brain or a soul stain, but it does seem like, you know, he forged a connection with everyone in the band on different levels, right? So it seems like what I was reading is like he did connect definitely with Lars on a certain level. Like Lars was the guy that like even going back to when they first met, 
and Lou was being real prickly and like didn't want to do a medley and didn't want to do this thing at Madison Square Garden. Lars pulled him aside and said everything will be okay. And so they kind of forged, you know, a kind of a connection that way. Right, um, right. Uh, but but Lars didn't really connect with him on the Tai Chi thing. Um, but it looks like Kirk uh, Hammett and uh, Rob Trujillo did. And it looks like they actually, like during the time they were spending together, like were practicing because Kirk is actually a yoga enthusiast and so got into the Tai Chi thing. Um, and I think he and, and James, I haven't read much about how they bonded. Um, so that'll be interesting to see if we find anything out in the ensuing weeks. But it seems like you're right. Like there was a profound effect that this time had on the band and it did translate, or I mean, I'm hearing it, like you said, in, in you had asked in 72 seasons, I'm hearing it. And with like tracks like this, like you said, they launch into them. We don't know where the thing is going to go. We're like, what, we're a minute into this thing. And so far, all we're getting are these, you know, wailing guitars and, and this kind of repetitive thing. So, you know, we're, like you said, we're in it with Lou and it's like, okay, throw it, hit me with your best shot, you know, throw what, what you got, throw it at me, you know, let, let's see what's next. But I'm kind of like, too, I kind of feel like I, we've done ourselves a disservice by reading about, you know, this next track, Junior Dad, which is the one that comes after this the last one, because I think now we're both kind of anticipating that there's going to be some big payoff. And now we're and I am in personally, like, as we're sitting here listening to this track, I didn't want to mm. stop it. I mean, I saw your smiles. That's why I did. But I'm like, I'm waiting. I want to get to that payoff. I'm like investing and wanting to believe that what you've said, like all this work that we put into this is going to be worth it and pay off. And we're going to be profoundly touched by something that comes along in the next uh, half hour worth of music that we still have not gotten through yet. Maybe. Maybe. But I'm like, now I want that to happen. And I'm, I might be pissed off if it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at this point. Which, which is okay. You can, you're allowed, right? which you're allowed guess, that. Right? Well, it's subjective. So, and could you got to live your truth, you know? Dude, right, well, right, because like, you know, uh, prior performance is no indicator of uh, future earnings. And, you know, fuck, man. Mm. I mean, you know, I mean, yes, I have profited uh, my entire life by, uh, you know, with Metallica, other than the one stinker that everybody acknowledges, even the band acknowledges. It happens. You know, but yeah, with Lou Reed. Um, but, it, you know, for, lyrically, um I, you know, I, I've said this a few times and I, and, you know, I think that, um, there's, there's always throughout, you know, from the, right from the beginning, there's, there's been an intensity about his lyrics. Yeah. And I definitely think, like you said, that that's left a mark on the guys in Metallica and like the intensity. And now as we're, as we should you know, maybe be stepping back and thinking, maybe it's a little more personal and introspective or autobiographical than we were thinking. Um, definitely seeing that type of approach on the new Metallica record. Like, you know, they're bearing their souls, they're taking risks, they're doing things that are adventurous for a band like Metallica at this stage in their career, right? This so, is geriatric I mean, stage, the one, dude, so to speak. Check this out. I mean, even live. They, so they're out playing in the round in, on a world tour in the round in, a, in, in major, um, you know, uh, stadiums. Um, this massive, you know, round stage, um, and uh, they're playing two nights in every city, and the set list is different both nights, so they will not repeat the same song. So they're essentially going in and playing what, like, 
you know, you got to forty forty tracks, 50 tunes, yeah, yeah, like every night on a world tour. And these guys are fucking older than us, dude. You know, geriatric, as I said, Shit, right? But they're doing it right. So yeah, amazing. Yeah, they're doing it live, is what they're really doing it live. And and amazing. I think you know, it's because of shit. <laughs> Like Bill Riley, they do it live. Doing it live. Yeah, fuck it, man, because that's. Yeah, we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Anyway, all right. But yes, um, they're they're out there doing it live. And I do think, you know, you look at the timing of all this, it's like they they put out some great records after they did this thing with him. And, Mm. but none of them have been to the extent of what the new record is in terms of comparison of like, you know, um, I think that the, what they're trying to convey as artists, I think the other records were them recapturing their commercial. I'm going to admit that I have not given 72 seasons of play yet. So I this to, is the I need to get on that, right? That you, ah, I need this, to get on that. All right. So look, this is another. I'm going to, I'm making a commitment to you, Chaz. Are you doing that? I'm going to do that. All right. Well, you know what? I think you better start by maybe grabbing your AirPods, grabbing your iPhone, going down to the Buffalo Chicken Wings, sitting down, getting yourself a plate. Going, going where, Chaz? Going to Buffalo Chicken Wings. What kind of wings? With your Nando's Peri Peri sauce in your cargo shorts. Are they? Are you are you talking about going to a particular restaurant? And what's the name of the restaurant you're going to? Yeah, the Buffalo. Oh, the Buffalo Wild Wings. Right, I always do that. Chicken wing, chicken wing. Um, but I, I would suggest you go down there with your <laughs> your Apple products and you listen, and yes. maybe get online and do a little you know surfing while you're down there. You know, okay. at the Buffalo Chicken Wings, okay. at Wild Wings. Maybe you know what? When you're there, Google the chicken wing dance. It's like a mental block, right? You can't say wild. I can't. You know what? Because this thing I've seen in my, I cannot unsee it. So maybe if you see it for yourself, I'm not going to do it here because, you know, <laughs> I, you know, there's like restrictions on what you can broadcast and everything. So, yeah. but I would just go ahead and Google that on a, you know, computer that's not a work computer. Okay. Chicken wing dance. And you'll, yeah. it's all you need to know. And then, but you know. And you will I mean, never, yes. never say wild wings again. No. And, and so I think, you know, in terms of avoiding litigation, it's probably the best bet is to just keep saying what I'm saying, but yeah. I'm just going to go there um, and go this other place to say, you need to listen to 72 seasons, but we need to get back to listening to Lulu. Right. We haven't even started. I think I like where you're going. Maybe you like to enhance this, the experience and to bring the whole thing together full circle. I you should know? listen to- I should sit down and listen to the album, the new the new Metallica album, seventy two seasons, with a nice plate of buffalo wings. A nice plate boneless of boneless wings, or otherwise I said buffalo wings. I said boneless wings because we're all about or, going or, or bone in. And listen, why not? Right? Well, no, I I think we have determined that you know, I mean, we've seen the videos where it's you see how easy it is now to debone something. Now we that we question's have. been answered. But I like bone in wings too. Probably well, you better. like getting boned in the wings? What? <laughs> Jesus, I'm not going to one of your shows. I don't know what the hell's going. <laughs> What's going on? What's backstage? going on in the wings? <laughs> Look out! No man. Well, listen, I and, and here I was thinking you're talking about fucking food, but you're you you're going at <laughs> euphemisms here. Okay, I see what's going on. Your buffalo bone in your buffalo wings means something else to you. 
I see what's going on. I just I just wanted to listen rollers. to the new album, Jeff. Well, I saw your recent clips of you guys playing that Jethro Tull music in your band. That actually. was that's actually that's not me. So that's that's my, the uh, John who plays um, saxophone and flute with us. But that's him playing with a different band doing Jethro Tull. Oh, all right. Well, those I've guys seen, are pretty good. I know you're one of those rockers that does that kind of shit. I don't want to know what's going on. I was going to give you a friggin' recipe to improve your boneless wing experience. I was going to help you make your boneless wings in an air fryer. Oh, is this, are you introducing a new segment to the Regarding Lulu podcast, a recipe segment? It wasn't a recipe so much as a suggestion because you do need to listen to 72 seasons. I don't know. And I, I like was going to say you should do it at a buffalo I, I was going to suggest that, that we should have a recipe segment on the podcast. Oh, well. Okay, let's start with going to get yourself a friggin' air fryer. Get yourself some of them Stu Leonard's boneless wings, all right? And then put yeah. the frozen wings in the fucking air fryer, mm. right? Watch that yeah. shit blow up, right? Make sure okay. you get the oil nice and hot. Throw the frozen wings in from a distance and you watch put oil in an air fryer? Oh, I guess not. It's an air fryer. I guess that would fuck things up, right, if you put <laughs> the oil in there? Okay, so don't do that. But put it on for 400 degrees to 10 minutes in your air fryer, and yep. you got some great freaking boneless wings. Okay. Which we know are the best because they're breast meat. If you don't fry it, that shit will be healthy for you. You air fry it, right? No and oil. you put some Nando's peri-peri sauce on there. Not even you buffalo you are sauce, in. so it's all good. Ah, I am fucking hungry now, man. All right. Yeah. All right. You and me we both. Digressed. We digressed, Greg, way too much. We got to go back. All right. Let's we were listen. in the song. We were this in the is moment. Unprecedented. We've never stopped in the song to go off on a digression like that. So on I think we have digression. to. We got to rain. We usually put our chicken digressions before the song. We do, but we got all fucked up with the news this week, and I'm just so excited, illubulated that we just illuminated all over this. So uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm illubulent about. I, I'm I. Well, here's the thing, right? I think what we're both like. Not digging what we're hearing so far. So <laughs> we want to do anything but listen to more of this. <laughs> right. And unfortunately, we've got 10 minutes left. So let's just hit the okay. play button. All right. Shit. The adolescent sense of the sky, the feeling of billowing heartbeats, the fingertips run through your hair. They run through your hair, hallucination, hallucination. Oh, you think you're so special that there's no law meant for you. You come and go like the goddess you are. We're mere mortals below. Fingertips run through your hair. We are mere mortals below. Are meant to be peons. Are meant to be servants Are meant to be dismissible objects One fucks with One fucks with 
for a pitiful creature. The winner in heartbreak. The winner in caring. The winner in every minuscule method of wearing your heart on your sleeve. A red star of idiocy. An idiot's idiocy. Ah, my, my, caring for you, caring for you. You think we're a fuck. Fuck, man. You see, this is it. They were getting better as they fucking went along. I guarantee you. I, I think they recorded this thing linearly, man. I want to find this that can't out. Be the first track. That. This can't be the first track they recorded. No, no. Because, man, it's coming together. I loved where that was. I mean, I don't think we would need to sit here and analyze or repeat any of these lyrics. And the way it was flowing with the music there, man, was really great. God damn it. I really wish he had not been the one and done on the earlier stuff. I mean, it does feel like they were finding their feet as we, as we get to this, I'm like, yeah. they were figuring it if out. If they looped back and Dude, started yes. over and yes. gave those earlier tracks another run through. I bet, dude. And you know what? And I bet they feel the same way. I bet they're, they're kind of like, oh, lost opportunity because we didn't know what we didn't know going into yeah. this. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Because I'm I'm hearing like this, like they were getting it. So that is a real credit to them that like, you know, because you think about it, like, you know, you got, what did we say? Two or three weeks to work with an artist like this who's got this kind of approach. And you've all got, yeah, you, you each as artists have your own thing. And then for them to take what they do and retrofit it to get it to this, right? Because, I mean, this works. This totally works. As we heard in a couple of the earlier songs where the style was similar to what you would say would work for a Lou Reed song. We're at the place now, Greg, where I'm like, this would work as a Metallica song. So yeah. that to me is a big difference because that is like one of the... There are only a couple other spots on this record where I could say that spot felt like a Metallica thing, right? Yeah. Like a definitely hardcore Metallica thing. This this could work as a Metallica song, it, even it, with it, the it, way it, this is introed out with the what I was holding up in the screen while we were listening, the Ebo. You know, there might mm. be some Ebo or some kind of weird, you know, droning thing going on there. But and then the way the music came in and then with, with where these lyrics are taking us. Like this is works. I, I feel like that um, if they had gone into the rehearsal room yeah. for a couple weeks, yeah, and just played together, yep. And Lou said, you know, here's some, you know, let's go run through these songs. Here's what I'm thinking. What are you yeah. guys thinking? Yeah. And they had, and they had gotten, they'd figured each other out a bit the way they seem to have on this tune on this track. Mm -hmm. Um, how to work with each other more effectively, yeah. you know, what, what they should, what Metallica should do, what Lou should do, how they can do this together and then turn the recording on. Yep. And, but for whatever reason, you know, I, I'm sure very consciously, but for it's whatever, just Lou Reed. Dude, he, he didn't want to, he didn't want to work that way. And, no. and, you know, 
he must hear this. He must have heard this too, Jazz, right? He, he, you know, he's he's a, 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 a such an accomplished musician, experienced guy, uh, recording artist. Well, that, worldly artist in a number of different um, you know mediums. So. And he's and and he's hearing that this is better than what they did when they started, right? Yeah, had to have been. Why wouldn't he think, guys? You know, we're we're starting to really hit our stride here. Let's go and 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 run through some of the other tunes that were a little more off, and and see if we can do a better take. Yeah, and you know maybe that's what he was trying to capture is just that whole process. You know the, and, and you it know, and the like reason it. I say that, Greg, is because he seems to be. There was a quote that was pulled out in one of the um, articles or the books, uh, in the book. Um, and it was uh, Lou's um, uh, meditation that he had written. Um, the center of your body, the center of your heart, the center of your spirit, your mind, your essence, please empty your mind and listen to the center of your body, the center of creation, right? He may have been so... Just. So did Lou? I wasn't clear. Did Lou write that? I think he did. Yes, that's okay. the way I interpreted that. The yeah. artist who, what did what did she say at the end of it? Because you read it, so it was in the article, right? It was in the article. Um, yeah. Uh, and well, and there I was think also there was a, a photo of it. of it on a piece of notebook. There, there was a picture of it. Yeah, and they kind of misquoted it in the article. They left out the please, which I thought was interesting. Uh, um, but like you know, knowing that he was centered in, like on the center of creation, being then like you. Like, and this was his meditation, like this was it, right? Like, oh, well, then, hmm, does he feel like he's capturing that creative process or the creative process is so important to him and so central to everything that he would never erase it. And that's why he was a one and done artist. Or, or that, you know, he liked the fact that of the spontaneity of, right. that they didn't know how to work together and that right. the listener could then hear the evolution. That's what I'm saying. Yes, you 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 crystallized that so well. And I think he was really keenly tied in on that idea of like that being the essence of life and creation, and that process is il, 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 illustrated. What's illustrated. the word? Illustrated or illustrative? Illustrative. Illustrative of. Uh, oh. what he was trying to capture yeah. or maybe, um, you know, get out there because he, you know, of, of his own, you know, kind of mortality concerns. Right. I mean, I, know, it's, he, it's, it's not that uncommon that sometimes artists will show evolution. Right. Yeah. yeah. And how, like, I don't know if you've been to um, art galleries or art museums where sometimes you see they'll the have a, a painting Mm -hmm. Right. That's then it might be a famous painting. Yeah. But then they'll have also the artist did a few other paintings. Yes. That were similar. And and then this was an evolution that it ended up. This was was the you know, the one that was the masterpiece or they'll have the sketches, the pencil drawings, other right. work that the artist did in preparation to do the final piece which we all know and we appreciate yeah and so maybe lou is showing us a little bit of his pencil sketch lou lou is showing us his pencil greg did that happen yeah. to you a lot growing up guys yeah. calling you aside saying let me show you my pencil 
Hey, that's you, not a you, pencil. Jazz, you always have to bring it down into the gutter, don't you? Hey, man, always. you know, it's like the time I went to my proctologist. He's back there giving me an exam. I say, how's it going, doc? And I, he reaches around and says, two thumbs up. And I'm just like, <laughs> wait a minute. Thank you, Dr. Paracelli, for that one or Paracelli. <laughs> All right, Craig. Well, you know, as as what's been happening here, we're we're rambling on again. Um, we were getting into a couple of fucks I did here coming uh, at a loo as we were uh, as we cut off. So I think we should jump back in and see where this excitement's going to go. So so far, we're enthused, we're excited, we love it. Where's it going to go? We'll see. My idiot's idiocy, idiocy taking me further into this track. Hold on. Some kind of a table you can rest your feet on when you're able. Red star of idiocy and idiots, idiocy, my caring for you. Poor beautiful creature. To notice the pining, the self-deprivation, the self-flagellation of you. Dear worshippers, we do like you regal, we do like you haughty. We do love to look upon your perfect body. The hair on your shoulders, the smell of your armpit, the taste of your vulva, and everything on it. We all really love you. (laughs) Oh, we love the look upon your perfect body, the hair on your shoulders, the smell of your armpit, and the taste of your vulva, and everything on it. Wow, that rhymes. We all really love you. Love you, love you. The man just goes for it, doesn't he? Oh, man. He likes that finger licking. I saw we got the chicken thing going, man. You know, vulva, chicken wings. I never really, I've never really, I'm sorry, Greg. You know what? I think Lou planted the whole chicken thing in our minds. It's all been this. Now I'm I'm sexualizing chicken. I'm having visions of chicken as vulva. Chicken breasts okay. come together as vulva. Oh, that's God. that's your own issues that you have to work Jesus, out, Jess. Thanks a don't lot. Bring, don't bring it. Don't bring us in there with you. <laughs> Let's keep going, Doctor Freud. And you have no meaning. You don't even see us. You were never caring. You go do what you do. You do it for you. No one exists with you. You're way about caring. Leave a trail upon the wake that no one ever tries to take because waiting for you, thinking of you, is another way of dying. Is another way of dying. So I was taking it as a as a quick fill, but what happened? It's like it's like hip hop scratching with a friggin' whammy bar. <laughs> Whoo! Wow! Hey man, this has been rocking, but it feels like they're kind of losing their their way a little bit. Really? I think it's pretty exciting. Are you excited? You excited? Okay, well, let's see. Yeah. We'll keep going. We got we got five more minutes left. 
chest Till your collarbone bleeds Piercing your nipples till I bite them off I scratch your face and bite your shoulders Way above caring Way above caring in your Kotex jukebox The Kotex jukebox Okay, your Kotex jukebox, and that Kotex I, I is the that brand. Is. That's a brand of. I don't know is what that, that is. Is that, a, is that a feminine hygiene product? Yeah, and a jukebox. And a jukebox. Ooh, what do you put in the jukebox, Greg? <laughs> pro- probably the only song you play is this one. Piercing nipples and biting them off. Scratching I, I think your that's, face. That's a special jukebox, just for, uh, for for the tune, the cut dragon from Lulu. Dragon, dragon. It's, it's so called a Kotex jukebox. Dragon. Who is the dragon? Is this Lou's like? Is this him talking about his heroin addiction? Oh, let's keep going. You call that I, monkey, I mean, wouldn't he? At, well, you would, but two hmm. dragon chasing the dragon. dragon. Yeah, okay. Chasing the dragon, um, you know, like you know, equating. So, it, I, 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 so that's a heroin sex. reference too, Chaz. Well, the dragon. I'm think he's kind of calling Lulu like Lulu is the drug here. I'm kind of like yeah. seeing like heroin and Lulu in one. Got it. Okay. The red star of my idiocy, right? So, like you know, I think I, this is autobiographical. Oh man, this is so well. Deep. And I think, you know, yeah, we're, we're, we're thinking. Oh, shit. Mm. Dude, I swear to God, I didn't see this. All right, let's just let it keep going. I swear to God, I didn't see it. Hold on. Okay. Listen to the lyrics. Let's see if he can, if we can hear it. I'm swearing, waiting for you. In your high heels and nighty, your leather dress squeaking. Latex now sweating, waiting for you in your tincture. Your opium white bathroom, your white tiles run red now. Oh, we both said now the liquid exchange of our hearts. Okay, in your high heels and nighty, your leather dress squeaking, latex now sweating, waiting for you in your tincture, your opium white bathrobe, your white tiles run red now. Are we both dead now? The liquid exchange of our heart. Yeah, man. This is so this is Lou's. This is the story of his heroin addiction, um, drawing allusions to the Lulu character, I think. Mm. That's addicted to I'm heroin, thinking. addicted to Lulu. I, I like where you're going. Uh, well, addicted to the emotion of Lulu. Ooh. The, everything Lulu represents. Well, or the addicted, it seems like, to the sort of sexuality of Lulu, right? Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly the, well, I think he's calling the, I think everything that's tied into the Lulu chooch box or the uh, Kotex juke box there is, uh, uh, you know, the pleasure of heroin and the pleasure of sex being kind of intermingled. Yeah. Wow. It's a commingling. It is commingling, but certainly the white, the red. So I, you know, certainly the the white, you know, with blood. I, I'm definitely seeing this. The liquid exchange of our heart that we both said now. You're way above caring. 
your heart on your sleeve. A red star of idiocy and idiot's idiocy. My caring, my caring for you, my caring for you. You're way beyond caring. Your heart on your sleeve, a red star of idiocy. An idiot's idiocy. By caring for you, oblivious to caring, oblivious to caring, oblivious to caring, leave a trail upon the weight that no one ever tries to take. Because waiting for you, because thinking of you, is another way of dying. You're way above caring, oblivious to caring, oblivious to caring. You poor pitiful creatures of mistake of feeling. The one who rejects you is the winner, it's true. The winner in heartbreak, the winner in caring. The winner in every minuscule method of wearing. Your heart on your sleeve, a red star of idiocy, an idiot's idiocy. Your heart on your fucking sleeve, my care for you. We were meant to be peons, we're meant to be peons, mere mortals below. Meant to be servants. Wow. So, okay, we're seven minutes, 58 seconds into this. I liked it at five minutes. It's gone on too long at this point, and it's the same jam over and over and over. I wish we'd get some variation in that. Because I dug it, really dug it. When it came in, it hit me hard, man. But now I'm just like, oh, well, okay, where's it going to go? And Nowhere. Yeah, apparently. So uh, uh, we're meant to be peons. We're meant but to I'm be still kind of digging what Lou's doing. With the, I'm digging the words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've kind of nailed this. I mean, I'm kind of seeing a lot. And of, he's in the groove. I mean, he's feeling the the groove, and he's and he's going. And you know, much like how we felt in some of the earlier tracks, where they were almost disconnected between what the band was playing and what yes. Lou was yeah, doing, yeah, yeah. and it just didn't feel like. It was agree. one thing. Yeah, I agree. He's he's immersed in this music. This feels like he's def like you said, he's locked into this one somehow. Yeah. Unlike what he's been able to do on some of the others. All right. Let's just so it's going. good from that standpoint. Yeah. We still have three minutes. We still have a full song left. I'm so. I'm I'm good. Let's do it. All right. More. Endurance. Meant to be dismissible. Object one fucked with oh 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 you're so special no more men for you you come and go like a goddess you are the fingertips run through your hair a feeling heartbeat feeling feeling oh 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 what a glorious feeling to be so rejected all right, so I heard the screaming guitar, and now I'm hearing a chug in there that wasn't there before, right? Are you are you hearing a chug in that last passage? What does that mean? It was like a dookie, 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 dookie kind of going on. Hold on. I got to rewind that. That's really good. Meant to be servants. The fingertips run through your hair. A Feeling, oh, 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 what a glorious feeling to be so rejected, so rejected.
Zizzy. My care for you. You think I'm a, a book or a table you can rest your fucking feet on when you're able to taste the above everything on it. The hair on your let me give a let me walking into Burger King. Let me get one of them vulvas, everything on it. <laughs> and put your fucking feet on the table. Get your fucking feet. I love it when he says fucking. I just he said it the other couple of verses before. I just love it. But you can rest your fucking feet. He just New York all over it. Yeah. <laughs> He's so New York. Put your fucking feet on it. And give me a Volvo with everything on it there. I love the way that shit tastes. Just like your fucking armpits. Put your fucking armpits in my Volvo and then you put that on my sandwich and give me one to go, huh? <laughs> Hold on. Shoulders. The smell of your armpit. We do love you to look upon your perfect body. We love you, Regal. We love you, Hardy. Oblivious to caring. Oblivious to caring. Caring. Oh, my dear. Oh, my dear. Oh, my dear. Oblivious to caring. Are we really dead now? Are we both dead now? go 11 minutes eight seconds of dragon that felt wow. like an addiction battle it i thought it was felt, cool yeah yeah it was cool but i don't know i mean are we really dead now are we really both dead now so again we knew we know that he knew he was facing a mortal battle no one else did What's he talking about here? Is like, is is who's dead? Is it that the heroin addiction is dead? Is it that the, the he's dead inside? That he knows he's dying? What is this? The only thing I can't put my finger on is like this whole, you know, are we really dead now? Are we both dead? Hmm. I'm definitely the last, the last line of the song. 
Well, yeah. What well, he he asked that before, I think, early on. Uh, this is a long ass song. But a lot I feel like it's a lot of the, the themes that we're used to. Yeah, with, they're all with, here. You're right. Yep. You know? All present. Self-flagellation. Do you like regal? Do you like haughty? Do you're, you're, you're beautiful, but you don't care. You smell you know? great. Love the way your armpits smell. Wanna chow down on your vulva there and everything on it to go. Would you get that on a gluten-free bun, your vulva? <laughs> Just curious. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's intending it to be a sandwich. No. Okay. Chicken wing. <laughs> I don't know. Kotex jukebox. I'm doomed. I'm swearing. I'm waiting. High heels. There was so much in here that kind of drew out, you know, provocative, you know, kind of sweaty, filthy type of dirty imaging. Um, and an opium know. white bathrobe. Right, right, right. That whole, like, again, I, like, I, I guess kind of appealing to the more base nature, right? Because now I'm like going beyond like the play, right? Because clearly there's like, you know, some of the Lulu thing in here. You know, you're, you're aloof. What did it say? You're, you're above it. You don't, you're, you're yeah, way you above care. caring, right? You're beautiful, but you don't care. And right, right. You leave a trail upon the wake. Yep waiting for you thinking of you but then too i started thinking that's also kind of the heroin thing that that seems to me like a definite heroin passage because waiting uh, for you because thinking yeah. of you right yeah and i think that's interesting because lulu is like an addiction i think right right yeah ways, for all the men that are these men right yes exactly. they, they know they know that there's danger wow. they know there's danger they know that that they could you know this, they could come to harm. They it could end badly. They probably don't know how badly it could end, which is is death. But um, it could end badly. But they can't resist. And 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 you know, very similar dynamic to you know, like a heroin ad addiction. Red star, kind of Greg. Red star of idiocy. So um, and 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 again, the white tile references. So not being, I've never tried heroin, but knowing the culture, China white is, was an infamous uh, mm -hmm. heroin brand that killed a lot of people in New York back mm -hmm. in the eighties, mm -hmm. uh, China white. I remember it was like a news story. I remember, you know, being featured on the news, like this bad heroin going around. Um, so red star, China, red star of my idiocy, the, the, the heroin. I mean, I mean, Wearing your heart on your sleeve. Where do you shoot your fucking, you know, needles in your arm? It's under your, it's in your sleeve. Mm -hmm. You know, um, dude, this is, this is yes. So, and, and where I was going, where my mind was blown, where I'm doing the little emoji. Um, I think Lulu is heroin. Mm -hmm. I think that's what he's saying here is like the, that, the, the, that everything that we have seen that's so abhorrent about the Lulu character for mm -hmm. Lou. It's like it's heroin. I wonder. Yeah, yeah. We haven't really talked too much about that, right? But um, no. But if we're if we're talking about an introspective work that he knew would yeah. be his last, and that we're we're learning from Laurie Anderson's book that Lou was just so interested in you know affecting positive change in people and wanting people to embrace the Tai Chi way of life as a healthy yeah. good 
way of living was Lulu kind of like this study in everything that was fucking horrible about his life thanks to his heroin addiction. Yeah. And is that what he's like articulating here or what is this like everything that was horrible in his life? And the only reason that, again, we've kind of been tainted a little bit in that we know that what we're going to hear in the next track supposedly ties back to his family of origin. So is that where all this is going? And is that where this artistic statement uh, is going to like hit us between the eyes? The thing that Bowie was talking about. Greg, I'm real kind of intrigued. So I don't like, you know, this song. Okay, I get everything that was being said. And I did like you know the initial initial passage of music, maybe the first eight bars I heard it, but you know, the repetitive thing kind of wore on. And did you like how the um the the that real low-level introductory part musically and then when it kicked in, did you like I, that? Yeah, I did. I like the way it built. I like again, you know, this was the first track that we've heard on this record that I was like, you know what, with what we've heard to that point, I was like. This could work as a Metallica track, not as a Lou Reed track, but like I would totally see this branded Metallica, like this, this, this one, right? At least with where we were up to fucking, oh God, six minutes in, but it just went on too long. Mm. It just, it, you know, but it did get to some interesting shit toward the end there. And like, they, yeah. I like the passage, of- but then I liked what they, they threw the chug along in at the end, right. when a screaming guitar at the end. Yep. And he's, he, yeah, I thought the ending was cool too, actually. I liked it the way, and the way it break, broke down to just, and then just the hi-hat at the end. Yeah. So this wasn't one where they were going to take, take it out in the street and get beat up at the end of the, the track. But they're not, you know, we know they're not trying to create a Metallica radio ready song or even concert ready song. This is, you know, that's not part of the, the, right. the equation here. And, and, and the fact you know that this has this is long and it's got a lot of lyrics got some repetition of lyrics it's got a lot of repetition musically but you know um you know in terms of what lou was trying to accomplish with the song you know i I, i'm not gonna say it's too long my caring for you oblivious to caring oblivious to caring oblivious to caring this is heroin And it, there's a lyric, I think, for, further on that where he says, um, the winner is the one who rejects you, I think. Is there a lyric? The one who it? rejects you is the winner. It's true. So, yeah, the, the verse, so that the passage is, you poor pitiful creature, the mistake of feeling, the one who rejects you is the winner. It's true. That's Lulu and that's heroin, dude. We have fucking figured it out, buddy, because it's Nailed wicked it. fucking blood across the cover of the goddamn, it's Lulu is heroin, Greg. Yep. That's my throwdown. Wow. That's it. You don't even need to you don't even need to wait for the last track. I don't. I don't need to wait for the 19 minutes and 28 seconds of Junior Dad that is to come. But that the is big reveal. Where we are. We ready for the big reveal. We are well, I mean, you know, that's where we're going. So that is the next time on Lulu. So uh uh, you know, as they say at Stu Leonard's, you know, we want to thank you uh for being here and thank you for coming. Um, you know, and 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 I, I've always wondered why did Stu have to say it that way? Um, you know, thanking people for being here and thanking people for coming. But maybe I'm getting ahead of myself because oh, look who it is, Greg. Virtual Corey. 
Corey Moore said, everybody from And the Podcast Will Rock. That dude's um, awesome. Catch you on. There he is. Corey, why don't you go ahead and give us that deep dive podcast network.com. The honor roll. What the hell do we call it, Greg? It's the honor roll. It's the deep dive podcast honor roll, which we are now Sounds good to me. happy to be a part of at deep dive podcast network.com. But Corey, go ahead and read off the list of our colleagues, our, our fellow podcasts out in the world of deep diving. Very quickly, I'll run down the shows for you myself. John Mariano and Scott Haskin do a show called Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. Uh, myself Ooh. and John also do a show, Backtracks Theme Music, talking music and movies. Uh, Scott Haskin does the Right Heap, the Magician's Podcast. Nate and John at the Deep Purple Podcast. The Simple Men at Skinner Reconsidered. Terry T-Bone Matley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the Other Side. Riot's Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Paul Joan David at In the Lap of the Pods. Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge. Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z. Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast. Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast. George and Hattie at Judas Priestcast. Clay and Riot North by South Podcast. Greg and Jonathan at So Far, So Pod, So What, Talking All Things Megadeth. Kevin Brown at the Tom Petty Project. And Kevin with his good buddy Randy Woods at Seaside Pod Review, Talking All Things Queen. Quinn at And Volume for All. Sav, Nick, Steve, and Mark at the Rock Roulette Podcast. And Chaz and Greg at Regarding Lulu. And don't forget to support... Our other friends like the Sean Geek and Fast Fred podcast, You're All Doomed, a Friday the 13th podcast. Of course, the DLR cast and the Bogus Otis show, Pot of Thunder, still the uh, recognized symbol of excellence of rock and roll podcasting, Booked on Rock with Eric Sandwich, and Dissect That Film. Oh, brilliant, man. Fucking better and better every week. Don't you agree, Greg? Oh, absolutely. The guy's yeah. unbelievable. He is fucking there, man. Amazing. He's amazing. Been doing this a long time. Thank Nailed you. Nailed it. Appreciate totally it, everybody. It. Tune in to And the Podcast Will Rock. So, uh, Wolfie, uh, here yeah. we are. Uh, Is it, are, we coming to the, are we coming down to the end? What's I happening? I think we're, we're wrapping it up, dude. We have to. Okay. We've gone on. This is a long show. We've gone on too long, I think. Yep. Wow, we did. We went on in a couple of areas, probably way too long. I think we probably lost people at about 28 minutes. But, you know, we're still here. Yeah. And that's all that matters. Yeah. That was probably a couple. But, hey, how about accidental breakdown gigs? We got some uh, gigging all summer long. You guys having a good time out there? Yeah, we've played a few gigs so far, and it's been going. It's been going well. Definitely. Right on. Looking forward to playing some more gigs as the summer rolls on. Right on. Right on. Well, steal revenge here. So, Facebook.com/slash Accidental Breakdown for all the news on yeah. Accidental Breakdown gigs and clips of. You know, uh, clips of, of reggae songs and, and Jethro Tull and and friggin' uh, all kinds of uh, mirth and merriment out in West. All Park. kinds of hijinks. All kinds of goofiness going With on. With the merry pranksters on the accidental breakdown tour bus. <laughs> rolling through town. Whoa, dropping some acid? Are you like, guys, Ooh. you going out there at the Ken Kesey? Uh, you know, Timothy Leary kind of, wow, merry yeah. pranking. All right, merry Tom. Pranking. Yeah, my my, my uh, uncle Tom Wolf, you know, and uh, the electric Kool Aid acid. There you go, baby. Uncle Tom, yeah, and roll. Well, we don't roll that way here in Northern Colorado anymore. No, no, you keep it clean. Keep it clean. We're keeping it clean out here. Healthy living in Colorado. Healthy living, and you can see that represented at Facebook.com/slash Steel Revenge. We'll have some uh, news about our upcoming gigs and things that we've been doing as well. Uh, but Wolfie, yeah, I think here we are. We are now at that place. How are we going to close out the show? What were we saying just a moment ago? 
Uh, you know, you, got you know me. what? It really doesn't matter. We have gotten this far. We've got one friggin' track left. I can't believe it. Junior Dad, can you believe we have gotten this far? I, it's you know, it's been a journey. How many days has it been? Like where you get up and say, "Oh, geez, I really don't want to sit down and talk about this today." Never. Me, I it's always exactly want to talk zero. About. Yeah, <laughs> I love this. I, I love it. Days. Because, uh, because as you said earlier in today's podcast, you never know where the hell it's going to go when we hit the play button. I got to tell you, I mean, yes, I did listen to this thing 11 years ago, but beyond pumping blood like this whole thing. So what was that? That was track three. Mm. Beyond this, this has basically been new for me, too. I can't honestly remember. Is that kind of where you stopped? You stopped it. I guess. Or, or that's where my mind just said. Fuck you this. threw in the towel. Throw it out. Get rid of this. Yeah, maybe I. Yeah, I. I don't know because I honestly. No, you weren't. You weren't prepared to make the investment that was needed. No, like, well, I wasn't. Like Gloria Anderson says. Certain no, and the band could have done a better job. So for all the bitching and moaning that. You know, yeah, they did not prepare you. They no. did, They in no way prepared you for no. what was what, what lies ahead. Uh, you know but, what? And it would be really interesting to understand, like, what did they really know before this thing? What did they finally heard? What did they heard in the final mix before it got released? I think a couple of interesting, a couple more interesting questions have popped up this week. Um, but what's been really cool for us is that week over week, as these questions come up, Greg, it's mm. just amazing that the fucking material materializes to, we keep uh, more. to get us to an answer. Isn't that crazy? Mm. Right, yeah, and and right from the the horse's mouth, knocking futs, knocking futs. That's all I can say. So until next time, folks, join us in this knocking futs adventure, mm. uh, because you know we're we're if we're, we're nothing, not, if we're nothing, we're nothing. But we're nothing but fair, balanced. If we're not fair and balanced, and we're just we're just fucking and neutral live here. We're just we're like, still neutral, neutral right? Live. Okay, <laughs> we're just no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. And we'll do that's that. Our me- that's our message for, for this Thing week, Chad. <laughs> this week, next we're time. all about doing it live. Doing it live, because that fucking shit sucks. So yeah. until next time, folks. Thanks for joining us on Regarding Lulu. <laughs>